This is Colin, he has a problem He has a lot of DVDs and some of them he hasn't seen So he's gonna grab his son and they're gonna watch each one until the pile is empty These films are still under wraps, still under wraps Unwatched, unloved and still under wraps, still under wraps, still under These films are unwatched, unloved and still under wraps Hello and welcome to Still Under Wraps. My name is Colin and with me as always is my fellow film watcher, compadre and son, Thomas. Hi. Hello. Let's just get straight into it unless you've been... I should mention that we have had some wonderful comments uh, regarding the new intro song. Mm Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. I still teared up today when I was uh, rejigging the template audio for uh, future episodes and reminding both of us what what tonight's film was yes because we never remember we never remember uh, um so what are we watching tonight thomas we are watching the film saints and soldiers 2 airborne creed and we have established that there is no need to watch saints and soldiers 1 even though that is on the shelf uh, it is a self-contained story. All, all about a triple jumping competition. Yes, all about a triple jumping competition. If you don't know what that is referring to, have a look on our Facebook page and listen to last week's blooper reel and you'll get some idea. Would you be so kind as to very carefully yes. <laughs> read the plops, plop, 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 plot synopsis? For Saints and Soldiers to um, Assassin's Creed. I'll read you the blurb for Saints and Soldiers to Airborne Creed. Thank you. But uh, not Assassin's Creed. Okay. On August 15, 1944, the 517th Parachute Regimental Combat Team jumped over the south of France. <laughs> Okay, I think we maybe yeah. jumped. Okay. Yes. Over the okay. south of France. The, 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 the part, yeah, part of the problem... It is poorly written. Part of the problem <laughs> is that the sentence is broken up by an entirely unnecessary uh, pointing out of an abbreviation that they don't use again in the rest of the blurb. Oh, okay. It says, on August 15, 1944... The 517th Parachute Regimental Combat Team, open bracket, PRCT, close bracket. Oh, okay. Jumped over the south of France. And then it never says PRCT again. Ah, right. Okay. And so I have to jump over that because it's not relevant to the proceedings at all. (laughs) We have a parachute regiment that is... Over the south of France in an aeroplane, and then they jump. Presumably and into the south of France. Yes. And with that information in mind, we continue on with the rest of the blurb. Mm-hmm. Having arrived at the end of the first sentence. Their mission was to support and protect the Allied troops marching to Berlin. Landing in enemy territory, they fell under immediate attack. In their effort to complete the mission and rendezvous with their unit, 
Three isolated paratroopers come across a group of French resistance in desperate need. They decide to help liberate some of the captive partisans. Doing so, they risk their lives in an effort to live the airborne creed. Okay, so, a war movie. I, I have more problems with this blurb. It's <laughs> Fre- French resistance. That's, that's with a T-S. Oh, is it? Yes, French resistance. As in people who are resisting. Right. Resist. A group of French resistance. Or re- resistance. Uh, oh. It's a badly written blurb. It is. It's not, it's not good. No. However, we are yet to find out whether the film is good. That's what we're going to find out tonight. Yes. Um, Thomas, normally at this stage you would unwrap the disc, but because it is already unwrapped for reasons... Um, it may well have been that it w- it came unwrapped, and and I expect that would be the case, seeing as it's <clears throat> this this isn't the the classification logos that, as an Australian, I am used to. No, no, you can't get your hands on it in Australia. It uh, hasn't had a release in Australia, so I had to order this from the UK. Mm. I didn't order it from America. No. Um, I, if you'd ordered it from America, there wouldn't be much in the way of classification marking no, on it at all. No. Um, so I ordered it from the UK, knowing that it would be in PAL, and so I wouldn't have to suffer um, in TSC. Uh, but it hardly matters at this point with the TV that we have now. That is true. <laughs> I think the reason it is unwrapped is because when it arrived, it was rattling. Right. One of those dreaded... Yes. Oh, I'd better find out whether it's all right in there. And I guess that's the other thing we're going to find out tonight. No, no, it was rattling more than that. Right. Yes. So, Thomas, would you do the honours and... Open the case and slip the disc into the disc player and we'll watch it and get back to you on the flip side turn to side B mongrel (laughs) critics are calling saints and soldiers airborne creed terrific compelling gripping emotional breathtaking powerful saints and soldiers airborne creed available at Walmart November 12th terrific compelling gripping emotional Breathtaking, powerful. Do you tick any of those boxes? You've got more written down there. I, I want you to keep going before. before no, no. I... The, the the other bit is uh, another set. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't really care for this film. The it's it's competently made well enough. The um, color was a bit flat, um, but other than that, competently well enough um i don't really care about any of the characters it just from from the start like we we're dropped in literally dropped in there's there's a moment of of quote-unquote tension but i don't care because i i don't know who this guy is yet yeah um acting was fine competent just 
just a competent film that I don't care for. <laughs> I, do, I do have one exception. Yeah. But I'm going to leave that for past the spoiler break. Oh, okay then. Okay. Um, I, I note the word competent and I, I fully agree there. It, it, it was well shot. Um, the sound was good. The soundtrack was good. Um, competent. Mm. It was... Um, but, uh, yeah, I agree. As far as feelings towards it, they, they really tried to make us feel for for mm. people. And in doing so, I think they lessened that opportunity. It bounced around so much between background stories and and what have you that it, it just, yeah, very much bounced a lot and was padded a lot i think as well mm. um all that being said and I, I will before we get to the spoiler alert will read the the bit that i wrote um and normally i don't look at other people's reviews but i stumbled upon this when i was looking for the actual budget of it because i knew that it was really really small right um i believe it was larger than the the first one uh, mm. the saints and soldiers and I didn't find a figure other than possible million-dollar mark. Yeah. Maybe, um, which is less than what they um, paid for an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation in right. 1988. So, um, <laughs> and this was made... The, 2012. Yeah. Okay, so shoestring budget, um, but I couldn't find an exact figure. But I did see this in the Salt Lake Tribune. Um, <laughs> and whilst looking for it, okay, um, as far as the the Saints side of things is, again, there was a religious undertone, and there was in the first one. And I thought it was going to be spread on really, really thick, mm. and it yes. wasn't quite as... <laughs> I, I was not excited about this film going into it because I was worried about that. Yeah. And it, I mean, the, the undertones were there. Yeah, but yep. Um, so the the Mormon film scene in, in Utah, um, they call it Mollywood. Right. Uh, or some people do, <laughs> apparently. And look, uh, uh, sorry, I'll go back to what that the quote in the Salt Lake Tribune for the film said. It says... Like the first Saints and Soldiers, Airborne Creed was filmed entirely in Utah on a shoestring budget and enlists World War II reenactors who showed up with uniforms, vehicles and plenty of enthusiasm. They said, Can I come? Can I get blown up? Director Ryan Little said. <laughs> so, great that they had those resources, but a lot of times it also felt like oh, someone's bringing a tank or someone's bringing this vehicle. We have to include it in the film. Mm. And so they wrote another little bit. And, and so it disjointed it even more, I think. Um, right. Sorry, that, that's that's how I feel. Um, it, it did feel disjointed and could have been tightened up so much. But I, I suspect it was them being ultra thankful for the mm. what was given to them uh, 
you know. Um, yeah, as, as far as disjointedness goes, the start of the film felt a bit off and the, the end of the film felt a bit off in that respect, but I, I felt like the middle was fine. Yeah, um, I think I thought the the scene with the um, and okay, let's let's jump yeah, into spoilers okay. here. This is a spoiler break, so if you don't want spoilers, then leave before this sound. Okay, I felt the scene with even though I thought it was possibly the brightest and and well shot section of the film was concerned, it was ultimately unnecessary. It was the the Germans pretending to be Americans. Right. Um, that, uh, which was sort of more or less almost in the middle of the yeah. film, um, just out of the blue it happened and then they they moved on and, um, and it didn't make sense as to, you know, this vehicle driving along at a rate of knots with... Germans pretending to be Americans in it, it, it I don't know it just it, that that bit leading up to it um, and going out of it, it it just yeah lovely interplay during that scene but it didn't progress the story I didn't think yeah okay um, oh apart from possibly showing that the French girl could shoot a gun yes and also that the french have no qualms <laughs> no, no um yes so i definitely appreciate it for uh the resources they had and how they squeeze absolutely everything um out of it um and i i praise them for that they were punching above their weight mm in, in a lot of uh, and speaking of which that was the other thing that i found frustrating was that a lot of it was really really well shot except right. for this build up with this this guy who was a, a great fighter right they the punching fight scene was shot terribly mm i just yeah anyway let's talk about that scene in the barn let's talk about language barriers um, okay, I'm just trying to think of which barn we're talking about. The the, the one at the end, with uh, oh, Neumann the, and Rossi oh, and, just sitting there, right? Yes, injured. Yep, and not quite knowing what the other is saying, mm-hmm. but yep, but understanding the idea. Yep, yep. And 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 the, the subtitle suddenly stopping yes. so that you. And I think that was done deliberately. Yes, so that, that that you were put in Rossi's shoes as to trying to fathom what he is saying, but we had the advantage in that we had seen previous in the film this guy talking on the phone to his family. Yeah. So in in a vacuum. Yep. What I'm saying is mm-hmm. that sequence works. Yep. I like that sequence. Yep. It's it's the only bit of the film that I can say that I genuinely liked. Yep. The rest I don't care for. I didn't hate it. I I wasn't negative at all about it. I, it was just there and it happened. Yep. But I liked the sequence in the barn, which is interesting because 
and my my memory is fairly poor as far as the first Saints and Soldiers film, but I I got this very strong feeling of deja vu, and I think they basically had a very similar scene in that. Uh, not only in that, uh, Rossi was played by an actor who, who was, was also was in yeah. the first Saints and Soldiers film. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yes, very, very well played. That, were, that was the emotional crux of mm. um, and the whole uh, I'm tired. Yes. Yep. I'm going to have to watch the first film again just to see whether I'm just imagining that deja vu feeling of, mm. that, of that scene. Um, yes. Yeah. My, my only issue with that one scene is that it doesn't really lift up the rest of the film from from a base level of just just sort of a film yeah yeah um yeah <laughs> so 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 getting back to the and uh you know terrific yeah it was, it was a film it was a film compelling in places yes gripping no mm. no no, 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 not not even um, the 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 whole tank scene business was. Well, I, th- I think that was their big build up was mm. the and it fell fell very flat. I thought um, maybe we've been spoiled. That's probably not the right word uh, with fury um, mm. with the the tank in that emotional. That small scene, mm. yes. Um, uh, breathtaking, not no. so much. My my breath is quite quite firmly inside yep. of me. Uh, powerful, yeah. That that one scene, maybe. Yeah. Yep. I do confess that I was not expecting. Uh, I wish I could remember names. Describe. Um, the uh, his father expected that he would possibly become uh, a then Sergeant Jones. Yep, I I was that was unexpected. His death was somewhat unexpected. Oh, well, that would be Curtis then. Oh, it was Curtis then. Yes, Joan Curtis died. Jones, Jones. Uh, went to a hospital oh, okay. somewhere off right. screen. Yes, that was a bit confusing as to who survived. And but again, it's my problem with names. Mm. Um, I don't have anything else to say about it. That, that that can stay on the shelf for the time being. In that I don't have this urge to dispose yeah, it's, of it. It's not bad. It's no. Film. It, it will continue to sit next to. Uh, the first film, and I'll watch that again, and yeah, probably but make I, a decision. I I have no need to watch it again, and no. I will probably never want to watch it again. No, fair enough. All right, so staying on the shelf, but it was an okay film. Well, let's move on. Yes, let's. What's on the shelf? You know, it's probably DVDs. Okay, so we've got the uh, randomising random randomometer all ready to choose from how many, was it? 21. 21 films. 
lucky number seven. Lucky number seven is... Helen, who suggests Lord of the Flies. Now, this is a tricky one because there are two versions of Lord of the Flies in film form. Right. That I am aware of. The... 1963? You're not going to help me out here, are you? Did I not type it on there? No. Oh, that was, uh, that was a nuisance. In 1993 and 1990, yes. Ooh, well done. Good on me. Uh, both of which I have seen. <laughs> I'm suspecting that Helen is suggesting the 1963 film because it was compulsory reading and viewing in high school when chalkboards were still used Mm. so i am going to give that one point even Mm. though i've seen uh, both versions Mm. so in high school Mm -hmm. um at least in one of the grades there will be a unit which is dystopian fiction mm-hmm. at some point in in the four years there it will be dystopian fiction and lord of the flies is arguably dystopian fiction yes absolutely i have not watched either film you have not watched either film <laughs> okay so the real question then is and look i'll give helen a point uh, for each version that is on the shelf so let's start with the 1963 version. Is the 1963 version on the shelf? No, it is not on okay. the shelf. Is the 1990 version on the shelf? No, it's not. Oh. <laughs> I do have the soundtrack to the 1990 version on cassette somewhere in the shed. Right. So you don't get a point for that either. <laughs> um, so, Helen... You get one point for your Lord of the Flies suggestion. I will probably get screams of, I didn't know there was a 1990 version, but I should get a point for you having watched that too. (laughs) But you're not going to. (laughs) Oh, dear. Okay. Um, So let's look at the leaderboard then. We've never done this on the podcast before. So uh, the leaderboard is as follows. With Helen's extra point now. Yes. Has that moved Helen in the leaderboard placings? No. Okay. So at the top of the list we have... Lee on 11.8. 11.8. Well done, Lee. Uh, Helen, 9.5. David, 7. Jill, 6. Uh, Kathy, 4.5. Jeff on 2.2. And Adam on 2. Good on you, Adam. Someone has to watch everyone's back, so uh, we're grateful for that. The the one related to us, not the other one who... Which one's related to us? Oh, you're making an assumption here. Yes. <laughs> Thomas is making an assumption. I'm making that the, an assumption. No, this, this is the other Watson. Different one. Yes. Oh. Yes. Different Watson. <laughs> That's right. Um, but good on you, Adam W, as opposed to right. Adam F. Right. Mm. Um, awkward. Very awkward. <laughs> Can you tell? I, I, 
I don't really spend a lot of time with that side of the family. You don't spend a lot of time with anybody, Thomas. No. You're like your father. No, no this this podcast is, is really most of my IRL social interaction, to be honest. <laughs> uh, which is a little sad. Uh, it's a little sad for us both. But we have listeners. Dear yes. listeners. In plural. Yes. And we thank you for that. Hey, let's, we're not going to read the um, uh, leaderboard every week, but I thought mm. we'd just bring that up just for the fun of it. If you want Today, to look at it, uh, there's a link to our quote-unquote blog in, in the show notes. <laughs> okay, let's move on and get this all wrapped up before Christmas. No, oh, uh, and also a link to our Facebook group where Indeed. you can also participate in the segment. Yes. Um, speaking of that, the segment, we have had a protest flag launched from Jill complaining about the fact that she does not believe that it was Goofy doing gymnastics at the Elwick Drive-In. Right. She apologised for the delayed reaction. Um, whilst you were waiting for my response, I was saving the world. Okay. The fact the world still exists is testament enough to my excuse for not responding in time. Okay. So, <laughs> you're dis- disappointed in my lack of response within your ridiculous deadline. Did she, uh, even though it has now been a week since that deadline has passed, actually provide an alternative answer? No. Right. So it's it's sort of a bit moot, isn't it? It is. <laughs> However, uh, Jill, you can go to the Morris Miller Library, which apparently is the only place in the world that has a microfiche copy of the Mercury in the time frame that we're talking about so that you could look up and see what was showing at the Elwick at the time that one of our dinosaurs is missing was showing and find out what was showing at the same time because I'm not going to. Would the short even be on there? Possibly. I don't know. Don't know. Um, We're talking about a time where that was the only other entertainment other than um, two channels of television. Right. And... Physical theatre, but that's been around theater. for yes. yonks. <laughs> yes, and even then, no one went to that. No. <laughs> Anywho, let's... Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Jill, still no points. and uh, But we do appreciate you saving the world so that this podcast can continue on in infamy. Um, <laughs> let's... Go to our next and final segment so that we can wrap this thing up. Yes, let's. Shake the phone and pick a film and then we'll watch the film next week. Okay, I have the app up and running and giving the phone a (laughs) pre-shake because I don't trust Thomas's shaking of the phone. And he's got that look. He has the look on his face. 
this is the devious, not really giving anything away look. Yes. Uh, last week it was the oh no look. <laughs> the oh, this is possibly a sequel, and I possibly need to watch the first one. And do we bother doing that? No, the the other sort of oh no. Oh, <laughs> another war film. No, a different oh no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, but you're just giving the not yeah, giving anything away. Yeah, this is the not giving any way, anything away look. Okay, so this next week we shall be watching the 2017 film Goodbye Christopher Robin. Excellent. I have been holding off for this one. Right. Um, like there have been times where I thought, oh, what are we going to show for the uh, weekly family movie night and. This has popped up on a number of occasions, but as it was on the list, I decided, no, I'll hold off. Because I don't think it's possibly a necessarily a family movie, even if it's right. got the name Christopher Robin in there. I guess we'll find out next week. Tell us what, it's, what is it about, Thomas? And let's hope that we're not jumping over the south of France. We're not. Good. At the end of the First World War... Beloved children's author A.A. A. Milne creates the magical world of Winnie the Pooh, which brings him immediate acclaim. But the book's international success comes at a cost to the author, his young son Christopher Robin, and his wife Daphne, and actually it gets kind of self-congratulatory after that. <laughs> what, so it doesn't even get poignant then? <laughs> <laughs> It also stars Kelly MacDonald. Right. Okay, so we're watching Goodbye, Christopher Robin next week. We hope you can join us. I'm looking forward to it, as is Thomas. Yeah, I think it'll be all right. He's certainly looking forward to it much more than watching yet another World War II movie. It's nothing to do with that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Um, yes, so we shall uh, get ourselves ready and hopefully the war will be over before Christmas as well. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. international success comes at a cost to the author, his young son Christopher Robin, and his wife Daphne. In this beautifully filmed, poignant, 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 I don't say that word very often or at all ever before this point. No, it's French. Yes. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, is it French? Probably. Okay. I'm going to start that sentence again. <laughs> okay, so we can edit that out. It's quite some ways back. Remember, it's poignant. Poignant. Okay. Poignant. We do have tonight's blooper section now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs>